This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. Depression. Anger. PTSD. Suicide. Who am I? What do I do now? Hey guys, and welcome to episode three of the Veritable Veteran Podcast. I know I said we were going to be doing some interviews. Uh, I haven't gotten those completed yet. Uh, working on it, getting them lined up. Got some really interesting people that we're going to be talking to. Uh, but I wanted to share a little bit about um, some stuff that I talked about in a veteran group that I went to a couple weeks ago. And just the conversation we had about um, the feelings they had when they were discharged. And the feelings, most of it was the feeling of, I didn't get to do enough. One thing I've heard from several different people that I've spoken with is they feel as though they didn't do enough in the military. And they, they wish they could have done more. They could have done more along the lines of what they thought they were going to be doing. They didn't get to do that. But that's a misconception that I think a lot of people have in, in life in general, not just veterans. Because they think that if they could have just done this thing or reached this milestone, then they would be, they would be satisfied with their service. But I've talked to several veterans that have done just about everything they could do in the military and they still look back and think that they didn't do enough. We need to get away from the mindset of if I could have done more I'd be more satisfied. No, you wouldn't because you would still sit there and think I could have done more, I should have done more, why didn't I do more and you're still basically at the same spot you were at before. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm at the same place uh, that my good friend who was in Army Special Forces and he was on his way to Delta. He was, you know, he'd already deployed and done some really amazing things. And he gets injured in a parachuting accident and his career is ended, medically discharged. So he had done more than most people can say they ever did in the military. And he still feels like he didn't do enough. And then there's a guy that he got into the military and got hurt during a parachuting accident, again, in the airborne. But he got injured before he got to do anything. And he, again, feels like he didn't do anything. He didn't do enough. And he got medically separated before he got to do anything. So he's at the one end of the spectrum. My other friend's at the other end of the spectrum. And I'm kind of in the middle where I got to do some things, not everything. And I feel like we all have the same mental outcome of feeling like we didn't do enough. Another thing veterans need to realize is no matter when you joined, no matter what was going on, no matter the situation of the planet, the situation of the country, it doesn't matter when you joined, you still joined, okay? And you signed your name on the dotted line. When you signed your name on that line, you stood there and took that oath, you gave up your right to life because you basically said, I'm giving you the military. I'm giving the military the right to take whatever from me they need. It was a blank check. 
that you sign. And you may not have been asked to pay that much because of, call it what you will, fate, luck, just happenstance, circumstance, I don't know. Some people join the military and they, no war ever happens. Some people join in peacetime and they leave in peacetime. Some people join in wartime and never see war. Some people join in peacetime and end up going to see the most horrific wartime that you know anybody's ever seen. The point is, is when you signed that dotted line, you signed away everything up to and including your very life. Because I mean, some people think, well, I signed up to be a clerk. I signed up to be a supply guy, an admin guy, uh, you know, whatever they did, which is, that's what it is. I and mean, that's fine. You were still willing because you think the admin guys and supply guys and all these other people that signed up before World War II kicked off thought they were ever going to see combat or were ever going to be involved in a war. World War I had ended back in 1918. It had been 20 years since a war had gone on. So they join and they're like, I'm just going to go push papers for a while and you know get some benefits from the military and then I'll get out and, and have a career in the civilian world. Or maybe they wanted to make a career in the military and just get the, the benefits of, of that. And then all of a sudden World War II kicks off and they're like, hey, guess what? Uh, you're going to go augment this infantry battalion or you're going to go over here to this base and you're going to do your supply job from this forward operating base or from this ship that is dropping off troops to be you know, landed on the beach or you're going to, now you're going to go to the beach and you're going to run your supplies from there or you're going to do administrative tasks from there. Guys got forced into situations that they did not expect all the time and they couldn't just say, oh, I didn't sign up for that. They couldn't say, that's not part of my contract because it was because they stood there in that room and they said, yes, I'm willing. Now, there were certain expectations that came with that, like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this job, but I'm willing to give everything up to and including my life in the service of this country. And that's what I, I think a lot, a lot of civilians see, they, they realize that more so than we do as veterans. They realize, man, they were willing to go and give it all. And we downplay that because we're like, yeah, I mean, that's not, whatever, you know, they say thank you for your service and we're always like, oh, thanks, I guess, you know, it's kind of that awkward moment of what do I say? But a lot of civilians get it better than we do because they realize, especially if they weren't in the military, they're like, I, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. So they look at veterans and they think, man, they were willing to, to give it all. And a lot of veterans feel they have imposter syndrome where they're like, well, I mean, I didn't really even do anything. I just kind of sat on a base somewhere or I trained for three, four or five years and never even did anything. It doesn't matter if you did or didn't do anything. It matters that you were willing to do it all if you were called upon to do it. We have to play the hand we're dealt in life. Guys that joined the military back in 1938. 1940, 1941, 42, 43, 44, they had a different hand than we have now, than the guys in the 70s had, guys in the 60s, guys in the 50s. You have to play the hand you're dealt. You do the best you can with the time that you're given, and that's all anybody can expect from you. And to sit there and, and wallow in that thought of, I wish I could have done more, I wish I would have been enlisted at this time, or I wish I would have been involved in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I have those thoughts. I mean, I I feel like I should have been involved in some of the the, the wars earlier in the 20th century. I would have the, the misconception is had I been involved 
in one of those wars, I would feel complete. And it's not true. It's not true. Because if you're thinking, if I had only done this, or if I had only been here, I would be fulfilled and complete and satisfied, you're looking in the wrong place. And you absolutely would not be satisfied or complete. Because once you reach that, just like I talked about in the last episode, once you reach that mirage, you're going to realize it's just a pile of sand. And you look up, and the next milestone, the next point of fulfillment is ahead of you again, and you continue this chase that never ends. Until you find contentment where you are and who you are, nothing you do is going to bring you that contentment or fulfillment. I recently heard a veteran say, the only people that are satisfied with their service are those that are six feet under. And that hit me because it's true because you know they're they completed their service because their life is over and they sacrificed everything in the service of their country they had nothing left to give those of us that survived and survive now we think well i could have given more yeah you could have but you wouldn't be here and some people think well i wish that i had given more and i wasn't here but there's a reason you're still here and people don't want to hear that They think, well, you're just being religious or you're just being, you know, trying to tell me that there's a greater purpose to my life and all these other things. Yeah, I am. I am telling you there is a a higher purpose, a higher calling for you. Whether or not you choose to accept it is, is, you know, that's up to you. But until you get to that point when you realize you're here for a reason, you're going to have a hard time accepting the fact that you're still here. And, you know, survivor's guilt and regret and the thought that, man, I wish I would have died over there, or I wish that the thought that I wish I would have died over there is rather pervasive amongst a lot of veterans, including myself. I've had the thought, I've even vocalized that to my family and some of my friends, because then my service would be complete. It would have been completed, and I wouldn't have to worry about feeling like I didn't do enough. So, where do we go from here? Where do you go from the point of, well, I'm done serving in the military? I didn't die. My time here on this earth continues. Where do we go from there? What do we do now? You can sit and think about how much you wish things would have gone differently. You can sit there and think about how much you wish you could have done more. You can wish that you had died in the service of your country so you wouldn't have to continue living or continue working towards anything else. Or You can be thankful for the time that you had, thankful for the spirit of willingness to go and fight and do whatever was asked of you. Because that aspect alone, most people don't have, the willingness to go and give everything. Most people don't have that. If you signed up for the military, you have that because you were willing to give it all if you had to, if it was expected of you, if it was asked of you. And don't feel like you didn't do enough just because it wasn't. You need to be thankful We need to be thankful that it wasn't asked of us. And then we need to start looking to, why am I here? And the common trend for veterans and people in general that find the answer to that, what they say is they found who they're supposed to be serving. Who are you supposed to serve? Who can you serve? I heard in a podcast that you are best positioned to serve the person you once were. And that hit me hard because I thought, yeah, I can help people, veterans especially, because I am one, 
and veterans that are struggling with mental health issues because I have and I still am struggling with mental health and that's who I can serve. I can also serve my family. I can serve people that, you know, as a police officer, I can serve people that need help, whether that's help, you know, protection from somebody else or protection from themselves. I want my life to be defined by a life of service. I want to be known as a helper. I don't want to be known as someone who lived always looking back, wishing that something had been different. I feel like the desire to do more and to be more is a very human trait. It's a very human desire. It's not just veterans. It's not, you know, just people in the military. It's human beings. They desire to do the most that they can. Not everyone. I mean, you've got the people that are lazy and they just don't care. But when you have this personality of servanthood and helping and fighting for what we believe is right, if the expectations set for us fall short of dying for those beliefs and you know what we think is right, there's always going to be a feeling that we need to do more. And that's okay. That, that's, that's a good thing. Having that desire is a very good thing because it shows that you want to do more. It's not a bad thing that you still desire to to provide more service in whatever way that is. And, you know, we said, oh, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. Okay, well, you didn't get to. Let that sink in. You didn't get to because that wasn't asked of you. Okay? Now we've got we've got to that point. We, we, we've settled that. Now what are you going to do? You want to do something. You say you, you didn't feel like you got to do enough. Okay, well now you have the opportunity to do more somewhere else. You have the opportunity to serve in another way. And in that opportunity, you may find more fulfillment than you would have ever found in the military or in your service in you know whatever you had been doing before. You've been given another opportunity. And I think that played a lot into my Sergeant Major friend who killed himself. I believe he had an amazing opportunity to serve people outside of the military. He had a nonprofit that was helping widows and veteran families that needed assistance. And he had such an amazing opportunity to help them, but he felt as though his fulfillment was supposed to come from the military. And I can't speak for him. I just, I'm, I'm speculating. But I feel as though he probably felt he didn't serve his country enough. And he didn't do enough. And when he left the military, it was, you know, he was done. He couldn't go back. When he realized that, rather than focusing on the opportunity he had, he kept looking in the rearview mirror at the opportunities he missed. And he didn't see the opportunity that was right in front of him. And that's where a lot of veterans and people in general are right now, is they sit and they look in the rearview mirror and they look to the past and they think, and I missed this, I missed that, I could have been here, I could have been there. And the simple fact is you weren't, you weren't there. You didn't get to do those things. And that's okay. Look to the future and say, okay, I'm going to continue living my life with this one goal in mind. And that goal is I'm going to serve as many people as I can. Who am I best at serving? What am I good at? And everybody's good at something, whether they think they are or not. Infantry guys are like, well, I'm good at, you know, killing things and breaking stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But you've got other things that you're good at as well. And honestly, you may be able to help people by breaking things and, you know, putting the hurting on someone. There are ways that you can serve everyone 
can serve. And I'm telling you, the general consensus amongst people, veterans that have come out of the military with this, they're dealing with this struggle of, I don't know who I am or what I'm supposed to do. They find fulfillment in service. And it doesn't have to be servicing veterans. It doesn't have to be servicing, you know, military families or anything. Just find what you're good at doing and how you can apply that to helping someone. And that will help you understand why you're still here and why you weren't asked to make the ultimate sacrifice while in the military. You can't find fulfillment looking to the past. You can find contentment because looking back, you can realize you went through everything that you went through and you did everything that you did to get you to this point where you are right now. And where you are right now makes you uniquely qualified to serve someone. And whether you want to admit it or not, it is my firm, wholehearted belief that God allows us all to go through different things so we can serve people that are going through the same things later in life, later in our lives. When we, st we look and we see other people going through those things, we can help them because we've been there. A lot of the stuff we go through is consequences of our decisions. And they're pretty, you know, a lot of times they're pretty boneheaded decisions. They're just not smart. But because we made those decisions, we are uniquely positioned to serve others that have made the same decisions or are looking at possibly making the same decisions. And we are uniquely positioned on the other side of that, looking back and saying, I, I wouldn't do that. I did it and it didn't work out very well. Or finding somebody who's coming out of that position, out of those decisions, out of those consequences and saying, I've been there. Let me help you. I went to Northern Ireland on a, it was a spiritual retreat more than anything with, it sounds, that sounds kind of, uh, I don't know, meditative. It was not like that. Um, I was in a Christian youth group. We went to Northern Ireland in, I think it was 2005, an amazing experience. Uh, it was one of the best experiences I've had in my life. One of the things we did there is we went to a hedge maze. So it's like a corn maze here in the States, but it was just made out of hedges. And these hedgerows are, you know, 10, 12 feet tall and they're, they're, they're high. You can't see over them. You can't see through them. So you enter on one end and obviously you have the, the exit on the other. But after you find your way out, there's a stairwell that goes up to a platform, a viewing platform where you can see the entire maze from above. And man, that was one of the coolest things I had ever seen was after I had gone through the maze, was going up there and standing and looking down on the path I had taken and realizing, oh man, if I had just turned left right there, I would have been out of that maze in no time. Or if I had just turned right, I would have avoided that whole long dead end path I was on for 20 minutes. And the other thing I realized is I could see the other people in the maze and I could see the mistakes they were about to make. And I could see the ones that were about to make the right decisions. And I wanted to cry out to them and tell them, don't do that. Don't go that way. That's, that's not the way to go. Or yes. Yeah. You're going the right way. Keep going. Keep going. You're almost there. Right. There. Just keep going. Just yep, a little bit further. Take down. It looks like a dead end, but it's not go all the way to the end. Take that turn and you'll be right there. But some people didn't want help. They wanted to figure it out on their own. And in the, you know, the, the context of the hedge maze, of course they wanted to figure it out on their own. They don't want to be told how to get out. But looking at it through the perspective of life, you could save someone 
from a lot of hurt when you're the one that's already gone through the hedge maze and you're looking at the same path that you took from above looking back on it and you're seeing other people taking the same path and you're like, I wouldn't do that. Or, hey, I did that and this is what happened. Maybe don't do that. Maybe make a better decision than I did. Or if you're going to make that decision, just know that these are the consequences. And it was just, it was such a unique perspective of being able to you know to look on it from above and, and see where everybody was going and what was going to happen. And I feel that's where I'm at in my life, looking back on the struggles that I've had. And that's where I'm able to, to help people. In some way, you are able to look back on the, the path that you've taken and see other people on the same path, no matter what. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, someone somewhere is following behind you on a similar path. And you are uniquely positioned to help that person. I think there's a misconception about uh, helping people and serving people, and you know, like I have to, you know, basically let them take advantage of me and do, you know, whatever they think, whatever they need me to do, and you know, I, I don't have the the mental capacity to do that. Uh, it, it is difficult to humble yourself and be a servant to others and serve them, but you don't have to be this rug that you let them walk on. You're just simply able to be there to guide them and help them. Uh, again, you don't let your don't let yourself be taken advantage of in the in the the service of others because if you do, it's they're never going to stop taking advantage of you, and that doesn't actually help them. It, it hinders them because again, it's like don't feed the bears because they they won't go look for their own food if you're just giving handouts, they're not going to go find their, their own way. And it's not this big sappy thing where we sit around and we, we share our feelings and we cry into each other's arms and then we we go on with our lives and we, we sing and we come back together and sing Kumbaya and all this other stuff. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be just having a conversation and being like, yeah, I've been there. I've done it. It sucks. Being real and honest and not being fake. Just stop being fake and saying, yeah, I'm fine, when you're not fine. Or sitting there and you know and acting like, oh, it's not a big deal, when it is a big deal. And if, if we'll stop putting this mask of you know unaffected superiority on and looking at everybody like, I can't believe you're letting this affect you, we take that mask off and show them our real emotion and say, yeah, it hurts, it's hard. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't like it. I dealt with it, and it was pretty miserable. You don't have to sit there and act like you're, you know, you're not weak for pulling the mask off and saying, "Yeah, that was I, de I dealt with that." It takes a, you know, a person of strength to be able to to say those things and to to be open and honest and vulnerable. And once one person does it, it encourages other people to do it. You know, like like the the one quote that I heard. Does it take more strength to cry alone or to cry in front of others? It takes a lot more strength to cry in front of others than it does to cry alone. It takes a lot more strength to be open and vulnerable in front of others than it does to do it alone. Hey guys, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, go to whatever platform you listen to these podcasts on. And leave a review. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, it gets a lot more traffic to us. So again, if you liked it, like, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. All right. Love you guys.